Hello. Welcome to today's episode of Juice and the Numbers, your statistics and sports podcast. I am one of your hosts, Joshua Tracy. And I am Corbin Heller. And as we are recording this, it is August 3rd. It was about to say October, a couple months off. No big deal. Uh, August 3rd, 430 in the afternoon here on the East Coast, which means that the trade deadline in MLB is officially just about a full 24 hours behind us. So now that we have seen the full scope of what done went down, we can what discuss what done done went down. Uh, Corwin Heller, are you ready for all this yeehaw and yippee kayan? I mean, after that sentence, maybe uh, I didn't follow completely, but um, if my understanding of broken grammar is correct, which I'm fairly used to it, uh, yes, I am. If you didn't follow completely, it's because it doesn't make a lot of sense. Just like uh, a couple of the moves that happened. Uh, just like everything I say. That too. Um, yeah. This was a weird trade deadline in that a couple things happened that, uh, you know, and Corey and I will do what we do every year and we'll go through the trades in a relatively chronological order um, and talk about, spend extra devoted time t- talking about a handful of big ones. But by and large, quiet. Very quiet. Out, again, outside of a couple trades, not a lot happened. And I understand the top end of what of who got moved is obviously very large, but generally speaking, by volume, not a lot of top end guys got moved. Weird, weird deadline. It just so happened that the top end guy that got moved was very top end. Right, but I mean, in terms of total count of those yes, dudes. quantity, low, quality, big. So yeah, just uh, s- strange. Very Like, for instance, and as, as I got pointed out on, on Twitter several times, the Colorado Rockies didn't make a trade. Not no, one. Not a single one. Now, if, if I told you, hey, the Dodgers didn't make a trade, you go, oh, that's kind of weird, but they have, like, the best record in baseball, and, mm-hmm. I mean, they're starting – Everything is amazing. So, okay, maybe they just don't feel like they need to improve. Uh, if I told you that the the worst team in baseball, the Tigers, didn't make a trade, you could go, all right, well, who the fuck do they have? You know? Um, but the Rockies squarely in the middle, the land of mediocrity where something has to happen, nothing. So, uh, yeah, weird trade. The GM then tried to defend it by saying that they were the only team that gave a player an extension, um, which is also not true because um, the Braves gave out the biggest extension in franchise history also at the trade deadline. So, yes, it's actually another thing that we talked about. I completely forgot about. So anyway, let's get into the trades. And I guess I'm trying to think of a good starting point here. I want to just go with like August 1st. Um, when did there was like a, a handful of trades that occurred that were relatively important on like the third? There was like one big trade that happened prior. All right, here you know what? I'll um, start. You know, here, I'll start at up, Andrew Benintendi getting traded. Uh, sure. All right, so the Yankees on July 28th traded uh Beck Way, TJ Sakema, and Chandler Ch- Champlain. Wow, that one really took a lot out of me. Um, for Andrew Benintendi, uh, Benintendi's have has had himself 
a pretty nice year. He's been getting on base plenty uh, as it stands today. He well, actually, just not really today because today's games haven't been reflected into uh, baseball reference yet. But uh, an on base percent of uh, three twenty. That's got to be with just the team. I know his season stats higher than that. I hate that baseball reference does that to us. Um, yeah, oh. that looks better. Three eighty three. Um, so getting on base machine, batting over 300. I can't even claim. I know who those three prospects are that the Yankees traded. Um, so not that beat up about it. Um, thoughts on Ben attending. Uh, I think it fills a need and is a player that is definitely on a hot streak this month. Um, I think it's someone that's only going to help their playoff chances, which based off of the overall summation of their entire trade deadline is what they were trying to solidify. Uh, I'm for it. I think, you know, the Yankees have prospects to spare. They are pushing all in for this year because they are on quite the heater. I'm a fan. Uh, Yeah. You got to think in in context, it was prior to the Joey Gallo trade, which we will be talking about uh, later, of course. So really, this was the Yankees way of saying um, enough Joey Gallo. This isn't fun. So let's find somebody else. And then they found him. So this really was just a, oh, boy, Joey, please stop playing for us. Kind of kind of move. Tyler Naquin and Philip Deal went to the Mets in exchange for Jose Acuna and Hector Rodriguez. Do you care? Not really. Yeah. I mean, like, Naquin is a fine depth outfielder for a team looking likely for playoff depth. So I don't, I don't know a single one of these other guys. I imagine it all washes out. Yeah. Tyler Naquin has um, one season over a like 107 OPS plus, And it was his rookie year in 2016. Um, since then he has been a remarkably average hitter. His career OPS plus is 101. So, I mean, really we are talking average. So uh, yeah. Neat. Don't think I care. All right. Then moving on to the first, I would say big trade, which came on July 29th, which was Luis Castillo heading to the Seattle Mariners out of nowhere in exchange for shortstop Noel V. Marte, pitcher Levy Stout, shortstop Edwin Arroyo, and pitcher Andrew Moore. Now, there was a lot of teams seemingly in contention to receive uh, Luis Castillo. He'd been a trade target rumor for, what, four years, it seems like? Since he came out. Yeah, the Reds haven't been good, good in uh, his entire tenure there. So, yeah, this has seemed inevitable since the the word go. Um, The Mariners is surprising. The Mariners are in a weird spot where they absolutely could make the playoffs, but there's no one area of improvement holding them back. So in that respect, it's like, and plus any team straight chain for target. Trading for starting pitching will always be correct. So, right. um, I would absolutely say their starting pitching has been the significant 
hole in their team. I mean, you look at their starters now, and I mean, Castillo is running laps around every single one of them. The issue I have with this trade is they gave up their first, third, fifth, and 14th best prospects to get him. I mean, Castillo is, he has one year of arbitration remaining, and then he is a free agent. And that is a huge price to pay for three of your top five prospects plus a top 15 guy for a year in a playoff run where you're not even positive you're going to make the playoffs. That's if you don't re-sign them and if you don't make the playoffs this year, that's going to be a massive payment that I don't think is worth paying for what their team is right now. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the question, isn't it? Which um, you could say uh, to take a, what is a really hard opinion that it's a totally legit and fair trade uh, that Noel V. Marte and Edwin Arroyo are both shortstops, and maybe you feel like J.P. Crawford, you know, really is the guy at at short for you going forward. In which case you don't need these guys, right? If mm-hmm. if you feel like J.P. Crawford is going to be, is someone you're comfortable with year in, year out. I actually don't know when his contract expires. I'm going to look that up too. Because um, uh, I think it's got to be soon. Either way, um, then you could reasonably say that these guys are log jammed. Oh, never mind. He's signed through 2027. So yeah, uh, J.P. Crawford, while, yeah. W- yeah, we'll be there a while. So you could say that those two shortstops, whatever. And as we've said frequently on this podcast, um, best case scenario, the two prospects, pitching prospects you traded for best case scenario, one of them becomes Luis Castillo. So you just trade two of them to get Luis Castillo again. I think that is saying a lot. Just hoping one of those guys turns into Luis Castillo. Not well, I mean, for the Mariner side of it. Like yeah, you can either I, have Luis Castillo or two chances to maybe become Luis Castillo. So, yeah, it's also Jerry Depoto who, uh, man, who knows what's happening in that man's head. It's true. I mean, the man does just irrationally love trades. Like another guy that we'll talk to soon. Um, I don't. I just. I love the Mariners. I want to see them succeed. I think. In a vacuum, I love the idea of a team pushing for the playoffs, adding the best pitcher they have on their roster now. I just don't know if this was a little too soon and, quite frankly, just not quite the right guy for them. Um, I think they're a young team. This guy's 29 years old, about to turn 30. Uh, I, I just don't know if that's a long-term play worth investing in. The but, real question might be what becomes of their second base because Adam Frazier was probably not a long-term solution there either as he is the weakest link well, on the team. But, uh, no. God. Remember when the Padres paid a pretty penny to get him? It was the right move at the time. Yeah, context is key. But I'll uh, defend that it. doesn't make it a good one in hindsight. No. Anyway, uh, next up we have David Peralta getting traded from the Arizona Diamondbacks to the Tampa Bay Rays. In exchange for Christian Serda, 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 yeah. Um, 
I guess I should start doing this. Christian Serda becomes the Diamondbacks. Uh, is he even on the radar? Wow. I don't see him in their top 30 prospects. Is that fucking possible? Yeah. Okay. So then he's just a guy. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, yeah I know. I know you'd love uh, David Peralta. Um, I I have absolutely no inkling to give him any attention whatsoever. I don't love him. I find him is interesting a um, uh, a move because he's been one of those other guys that's been a gentle plus player on a bad team for a handful of years that people have been like, will he get traded this year? To where? And just kind of hasn't. So uh, I guess Arizona's finally cashing in in what has been his best year there since 2018. So good call. Uh, return seems kind of gentle. Who knows? Uh, Zach McKinstry getting traded for Chris Martin. Do you care? No. Edmundo Sosa getting traded for Jojo Romero. Uh, no. I don't think so. Garrett Clevenger getting traded for Herman Tapea. I don't know who that is. Yeah. Uh, I should probably start getting teams. Kansas City trading uh, for Anthony Mishevich. No. Nope. Uh, Seattle getting cash considerations. Yeah, never mind. Fuck that. Do you, do you have anything to say, to say about uh, Scott Efros? Yeah, I'm going to uh, go. I was about to say, I'm going to okay. skip ahead skip a little ahead. bit here. Yeah, because a lot of these are minor as shit. Uh, Yankees getting Scott F. Ross in exchange for Hayden Wisniewski. Jesus Christ. I don't get this was an inevitable trade. Not necessarily Scott F. Ross specifically, but just the Yankees getting somebody um, because with Michael King going down for the season, um, they need they need relief pitchers. Uh, That's all there is to it. Hayden Wesneski was a decent prospect. He becomes the number eight prospect now in the Cubs organization. So we'll see what becomes of him at some point in the future, I guess. But the Yankees had to do something. And Scott Efros's sliders on baseball savant seem cool. So good enough for me. Uh, Tommy Pham. Which, man, I just don't get this one at all, man. Tommy Pham got traded from Cincinnati to Boston for a player to be named later. Yeah, that's okay. um, I mean, this has to just be, hey, we're not doing anything with Tommy Pham. Let's get rid of, let's save six million bucks or however much they ended up keeping. Um, He hasn't been good this year. He's usually not very good for very long. Um, He hasn't had an OPS above 103 since 2019 when he was still in Tampa. He, uh, yeah, he's been a bad baseball player for a little while. And you, you, I just, you can't figure, I can't figure it out. I don't know what Boston thinks this accomplishes for them because whatever whatever player they send back is bit too good to be included in this trade because we all know who Tommy... Tommy Pham is not helping you win the division next year. Absolutely not. So whatever prospect you trade away to acquire Tommy Pham, 
probably would have been better spent if you're going to move uh, a player in that manner, acquiring better talent somewhere else, even if it's just a throw in guy at the end of a deal. So, you know, looking at their, uh, their depth chart and in a sense, he fills a role keeping JD Martinez from playing in the outfield at best. I don't know the last time JD Martinez has played in the outfield. Um, well, I guess when he was on the Diamondbacks. Yeah, really, not at yeah. all. In uh, for the whatever. Regardless, well, he, he, like he he's played games with the Red Sox in the outfield, but he hasn't been an outfielder. You know what I mean? I know what you mean there. Yeah. Um, I think he fills a role. I don't necessarily think like their team gets better on paper, but I don't think it actually does anything to improve their chances to do better. Because that's what I don't understand, which is like, all right, so you kept J.D. Martinez out of the outfield because what do you think you're accomplishing? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, he's not on your team next year. You're not going to the playoffs this year. I'm not saying burn him out, but I'm also like, why the extra preservation and caution? It doesn't matter. I mean, this isn't even what I'm talking about. Do you want to just skip to the other trade they made? Because it's the exact same story. I want to get there chronologically or I'm going to lose my place. Um, yeah, so we're in, we're in August now, by the way. The, so that brings us to the next trade, which is uh, another one. I, I heard absolutely zero rumblings about in it was, the fucking slightest. It was like two hours of like, Hey, they're taking calls to, Oh, it might be this team to, Oh, this has already been signed. He's, he's actually already in the city. I don't even think it was two hours. I think it was like 45 minutes of oh, they're doing it. Oh, it's, it's done. Yeah. Um, which essentially is San Diego we haven't acquiring Josh Hader in exchange for relief pitcher Taylor Rogers uh, and then prospects uh, Robert G- uh, Gasser, Estuary Ruiz, and then uh, pitcher Denilson, Denilson Lamette, which Denilson Lamette has already been DFA'd by the Brewers. Fuck. Yeah, um, included the injury. That's wild. I, dude, it makes this so much weirder. So, um, Josh Hader started off the season looking exactly like Josh Hader, which was fantastic, and ended up hitting quite the rough stretch as of late to the point where his ERA has gone all the way up to four and a half at, uh, I think it's peak, and is now adjusted slightly down to 4.11. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. You're the Padres fan here, buddy. Tell me about it. I'm a little torn because on one hand, I irrationally love Josh Hader and, uh, and the way he throws a baseball. Um, I will say that he is not quite having the season you would have hoped that he would have. Um, that ERA is a little scary because the FIP is still relatively high at 3.47 for the kind of player he's billed as. Uh, four all-stars in the past five years is very good. Don't get me wrong. Taylor Rogers has had a 4.35 ERA this year with a 2.34 FIP. I, I think it's an upgrade for those two players for sure. Going from Rogers to Hader, I like that. 
I don't think throwing in Robert Gasser, who is a, a very good pitching prospect, Estoway Ruiz, who is a very young but relatively decent uh, lotto ticket type prospect, and essentially, I guess, the husk of Dillison Lamette. Um, I don't know if that ended up just being a pure financial move. Um, just to kind of even this all out. I, I do not know the story with Donaldson, um, but I don't love this trade unless Josh Hader really rekindles the kind of player he was the three, four prior seasons and not the guy he's been this year, which I get is the hope. So just, just for reference, or to, to just to put it in, a, in context of what Josh Hader has been this season, his month-by-month ERA splits. In April and March, his ERA was zero. In May, his ERA was also zero. 9.1 innings in April, March, 7.1 innings in May. In June, in eight innings, his ERA was 3.38. In July, in 9.1 innings, his ERA was 12.54. And then so far in August, his ERA is back to zero. So he only has... Of the four full months he's pitched, he only has an ERA at all in two of them. One of them is under three and a half, and the other one is north of 10. So So, the Padres here are really thinking like, all right, he just had a really rough July. Yeah. um, And we'll figure that out. All right. Thank you for doing all of the research I actively chose not to, um, because that's great. That is exactly what I wanted to hear. Yeah, I, I I think it's more likely than not when a really great player goes to risk it like this that they're going to return more to form than they won't. Like, yeah. obviously, obviously, Josh Hader is not a true talent 13 ERA pitcher. Obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you told me that Josh Hader finished the season with under a four ERA, like under a three and a half ERA even, really like notched it all the way down, I would not be surprised. Um. Anyway, uh, just to round this one off, uh, Robert Gasser and Estuary Estieri, actually not sure how to say that one, Ruiz become prospects eight and nine, respectively, within the Brewers organization. So those become two top 10 prospects for the Brewers. All right, that brings us to another marquee trade, uh, which involves this time our local hometown, New York Yankees, as they acquire... Frankie Montas and Lou Trevino from the Oakland Athletics in exchange for pitching prospects, J.P. Sears, Ken Waldachuk, Luis Medina, and second base prospect Cooper Bowman. Um, so obviously with Luis Castillo out of the running, um, and since he had gone to the Mariners earlier on, uh, all eyes turned to Frankie Montas, who has been one of the very few bright parts of what has been a bleak Oakland Athletics season. Uh, And quite the pretty penny for uh, the man who so far has pitched over 100 innings already and under a 3.2 ERA, which has been the second best ERA season of his career so far. Um, All that with a four and nine record because the A's blow hot ass. Uh, it costs a lot to see him go. Ken Waldachuk was one of the top Yankees prospects. He falls now number three in the Oakland Athletic system. Luis Medina comes in at number seven 
in the A system. Uh, who's the other guy I sent? Oh, yeah, J.P. Sears might end up actually being just a starter for them like this year. Uh, Lisa is a 19th prospect, and then Cooper Bowman. I'm gonna, not gonna lie, I have no idea who that is offhand, but he is the 29th now prospect. So, all four of these guys landed in the top 30 prospects for the A's, two of them being in the top 10. So, costs a lot. Lou Trevino's uh, uh, sucking dicks this year. Uh, I have a, the, a, a great fit. Uh, <laughs> 3.8 FIP compared mm. to his 6.47 ERA. Mm. With the A's. I, I do think I saw something where it was like, oh, if you actually look at like similar to what we just did with Josh Hader, I think it's like, oh, he just had a, a really short period of being really fucking bad. Um, uh, no, his ERA is pretty shit the whole year. Yeah, it started really bad and uh, it's gotten a lot better, but. Uh, yeah, yeah no, I see what you mean. It's been uh, pretty consistently up and down. Um, I uh, again, there's too many trades for me to dig into all the players involved. But if I had to guess, I'm willing to bet that uh, one again, the Yankees just need relievers. Their their pitching is is has been heavily taxed as of late, um, especially with injuries. So it'll be uh, another guy that they can turn to to throw the ball. Uh, and I'm sure that there's going to be some devil magic that they work on making his like slider invincible or some shit. Who knows? Um, Frankie Montas has not pitched yet. He will be pitching on Sunday for the Yanks. So we'll find out what he looks like then, but uh, they're going to have to sorely lean on him uh, because of another trade that we'll get to, which uh, makes this one all the more important to pan out to really needs to pan out for the Yanks for this season. So uh, any thoughts on this one from you? Uh, I will save my thoughts for the strategy for when we get to the other trades and Fair we enough. can close out. Uh, a three-way trade. This one kind of hurts everyone's feelings. No one's happy with it, I think. Uh, Baltimore Orioles acquire Seth Johnson and Chase McDermott. The Tampa Bay Rays acquire uh, center fielder Jose Siri. And the Houston Astros acquire... Jaden Murray and Trey Mancini, uh, which it sucks seeing Trey Mancini leave Baltimore. Uh, it sucks seeing Baltimore trade away players. Baltimore's mm-hmm. strategy this deadline, I find to be a little bit confusing. Um, it looked like they might actually be in the running to take on some talent. Uh, I, I was genuinely hopeful for the, the third year in a row that they would realize that they had a, a good thing kind of going and add rather than subtract. But um, I guess they don't view Trey Mancini as part of the long-term plan. I, I honestly kind of agree with the idea of we have been working towards a goal following our blueprint to build the team the way we want to build a team for X number of years. We are starting to see results, and rather than taking or swerving to take the exit to go try and contend now that we're seeing things start to turn our way, we're sticking with the plan and building our team through prospects, building our team by trying to find value for the future when we can contend and sticking with their path. I 
don't know anything about these prospects, so I can't really say Trey Mancini is the only guy here I recognize, but it seems to be very clear, very clearly the same path that they're working on. So I'm happy to see them stick to it. Uh, That makes one of us. Um, You have to retain your talent at some point. Uh, I totally get that, but I will say the the Orioles of today don't necessarily need a a 28-year-old outfielder five years from now when they're trying to play for championships. Which is why I... Right, I, which is why I would say that clearly the Orioles don't view Mancini as part of their right. future. Plans. Right, right, right. Um, the prospects they end up getting are 8 and 12 now in their system, so a top 10 prospect is at least one way to look at it, um, as Corwin said. Yeah. And pitching has certainly been the Orioles' Achilles heel as the team has tried to improve, so certainly needed down the road a little bit more than hitting at this point. So keep an eye on that. I don't care about Jimmy Walker for Ford Proctor. Nope. Nope. Um, the Boston Red Sox traded away Christian Vasquez to the Houston Astros in exchange for Emmanuel Valdez and Willier Abreu. Boston, pick pick something to stick to. Just go one way or the other. Are you buying or are you selling? And that's what I... Because when this happened, and we could talk about a non-trade, when this happened, I was like, okay, all right, so this is the beginning of them doing some kooky shit. Like, this is, now we're going to sell Jose, uh, uh, J.D. Martinez. You know, now we're going to take everybody that has value that isn't locked into a contract and try to get something from them because we're not competing this year. The division's really, t- really tough, and we need to, we need a, a serious retool. We're not a Tommy Pham fourth outfield depth piece away from competing. And then, no, this is like the only other thing that they did. I don't get it. I'm right there with you. I really have no idea what they're trying to accomplish. So, pick one. Emmanuel Valdez, uh, who is a. Uh, and everything second base, third base outfielder becomes the 28th best prospect in the Red Sox system. And uh, Willier Abreu becomes the 29th best prospect in the Red Sox system. So both just, just depth guys for the double a team. It's um, mm-hmm. man, it's a fucking head scratcher. I just, yeah. like those are moves you make. Like you just said about the Orioles, those are moves you make for three to five years later. Completely agree. But that's the only move they made. Mm-hmm. Just... Would have been hilarious. I know they were shopping. Um, oh, that pitcher, uh, Nathan Evaldi. Yes, Nathan Evaldi. It would have been hilarious if they traded him too. Because then you look at Tommy Pham and it's just like, what the fuck are you doing here? But see, I think that would make the Tommy Pham trade make more sense because then it'd be like, all right, well, if we're trading away major league dudes and we don't want to call up minor league dudes to churn their their service time, we'll collect just a bunch of random other major league dudes that won't cost us any any anything real. I guess there's there's still a TBD next to the guy that Tommy Pham was traded for. So I don't know. I, I don't fucking know. 
Like, what does keeping J.D. Martinez... Apparently, from what I remember seeing on Twitter, the Red Sox asking price for J.D. Martinez was stupid high, which, like, why? Why have it be super... Four years ago, sure. You took not much for Christian Vasquez, which maybe was the right call. Like, why have a high asking price for J.D. Martinez, a D.H. who's not doing a lot this year? And is old. Oh, it's so fucking weird. Uh, Their next trade was... Acquiring Reese McGuire from the White Sox in exchange for Jake Diekman, uh, which well, JD Martinez is actually still mashing, uh, at least relative to to a thirty four year old who has a very much down year. Um, sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, he he is at a one twenty OPS plus, just about uh, worth zero point nine WAR. Because, wow, he can't. Holy shit! He can't do anything that looks like fielding or running. Uh, yeah, it's 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 not a horrible year for him. It's, it's a great. decent year, but yeah, right. It's not the, like he's worth under fuck? one win. How the fuck is he an all star? Because <laughs> the Red Sox have to send some, but no, they, they actually have a number. They, of they have players. a bunch of other guys. Like, yeah, never mind. Yeah, I it just doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. Whatever, whatever. Um. Jose Quintana got traded. I just want to mention it because it's fucking hilarious. Uh, St. Louis Cardinals uh, acquired Jose Quintana and Chris Stratton from the Pittsburgh Pirates in exchange for Johan Aviedo and Malcolm Nunez. I don't care about any of these guys. I just find it hilarious that Jose Quintana went somewhere with a chance of making the playoffs. Dude, Jose Quintana, like, look at his numbers for this year. It, it was very surprising that he was, like, the second highest war player on the Pirates. He's got two war, three five ERA. It's I know not pretty. It's just, it's just hilarious because he just feels like a husk of him of his former. Yeah. I, do you remember? You remember twenty sixteen? The shit, dude. Yeah, I was, I was about to say when it was a big deal. The White Sox traded him away yeah. because it was like, oh shit, it's really coming to an end, man. We traded him to the the Cubs when the Cubs were like, we got to repeat this World Series win, and then he's. Kind of sucked, and he went was to it, the Angels, and he no, really it, sucked. Wasn't that the year that the Cubs won the World Series? No, no the Cubs won in 2016. Oh, I see. Yeah. Do, do you know what that trade was? I don't remember the the Quintana trade. No, July 13th, 2017, Jose Quintana was traded by the Chicago White Sox to the Chicago Cubs for Bryant Fleet, Matt Rose, Dylan Cease and Eloy Jimenez. Cease and Jimenez was a great return. The other guys, I yeah. don't know, but just yeah, those was. two dudes alone, man. Those are Ooh. two very, very good players. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'd say the White Sox did pretty, pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Um, For reference, Dylan Cease, 3.8 more this season, um, has been immensely good this year uh, coming off of a strong really just been better every year he's been in the majors uh, Eloy Jimenez not having a great season uh, 0.2 war even though he's batting uh, to an OPS plus of 114 um, but by and large he is a better player than this year's stats indicate so yes. um, yeah anywho uh, Jake Odorizzi gets traded to Atlanta in exchange for Will Smith which is Kind of a weird trade as well. Um, 
because Jake Odorisi throughout his tenure with Houston, which, oh, wow, it's just a one year. All right. Well, regardless, uh, he has been good, but uh, I, I believe the way that Houston's viewing this is they just don't need more right-handed pitching and would rather have some more, some more lefties. Um, mm-hmm. So kind of dealing from a position of strength, I guess one could say. Yeah, and it's not like Will Smith has been valuable in any conceivable way in the past three years. No, not really. Yeah. Um, wow, he finished the most games in baseball last year. Will Smith. That's, that's not a good thing. 60 games. That's... How many saves? 37. Wow. Yeah. That's um, that is purely a that's because he was there, not because he earned them. Yeah, man, I guess so. Uh yeah, it's tough because I I don't want to get like too far into the weeds on a, any one trade that's not the big ones that we have to talk about. Oh yeah, um, like I'm already over him. Yeah, but like just just for reference, because uh this seems so odd because you, I think one would tend to have faith in Jake Odorizzi and think it'd be weird to trade this player. Uh, they have for right-handed pitching, uh, Justin Verlander, who refuses to die. Uh, it's, it's getting frustrating. Uh, Jose Urquidy, who has been less than his usual self, but still very, very strong this, this year. Luis Garcia, who's also been very having a very promising career uh, start to his career. Christian Javier, who's been very good at start of the year. Uh, and those are all righties. Then Framber Valdez is their only starter who's a lefty. And all those guys are, well, a lot younger than Jake Odorizzi. So it, it, it's interesting seeing that kind of guy get moved that you don't think would, but uh, dealing from position of strength. Uh, next one, I don't really care about Cade Povich, Yenier Cano, Juan Nunez, and Juan Rojas get traded to Baltimore in exchange for Jorge Lopez. Um, so Baltimore, once again, accumulating a lot more prospects. Jorge Lopez having himself a good year. What are the Twins doing? I have no idea. Because like, It's weird because Lopez is having an excellent, excellent year. Uh, sub two ERA. I think it's like what one point six eight. Yeah, one point six eight ERA. You know, uh, it just seems that what the Orioles got back was not much of anything. The top prospect here is getting back uh, and becoming their twenty sixth best prospect. I guess purely because Lopez is twenty nine and. Before this, has not had a sub five ERA since 2017 in two innings pitched. So actually, I take it all back. This guy fucking sucks and is somehow just figuring it out for this year. Okay, get whatever you can because he's not going to be in your plans anytime ever again. Sure, man. Fuck if I know. Uh, yeah, Royals I mean, get your prospects. Why not? That that's what I would say about it. So somehow Jorge Lopez is still in arbitration, which doesn't make any sense because his MLB debut was 2015. Because um, he hasn't spent any time in the majors. <laughs> I know, but still, that is just 
wild to see. He's um, only had two seasons above 40. He's only had two seasons with 40 innings pitched before this year. Uh, three seasons. But yeah. This is 2018, the 2019, and 2021. Um, oh, wait. Yeah, 2018. 53.2. Oh, I'm just fucking so bad at counting, dude. That's I was right. like, yeah, one, two, three. Only two seasons. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Um, yeah, honestly, I would say that it, the Orioles are going volume over uh, you know, quantity over quality. I guess a little bit because again, their pitching is so much. So what has been holding them back that maybe they're just willing to take more chances. Um, And maybe they're willing to bet that Jorge Lopez is lightning in a bottle and they don't need it. It's tough to really say because they have two arbitration years. So they wouldn't even have to worry about paying him any real money until 2025. But again, this is not worth really talking about Mm -hmm. Uh, another trade I don't care about Zach pop and Anthony Bass and a player to be named later go to Toronto in exchange for Jordan Groshans. Yeah. I mean, uh, to, the, I mean, to the Marlins, I should say, sorry. He's now the Marlins fourth prospect. Um, so by all means seems pretty good. Um, I, I, Marlins aren't going anywhere anytime soon. So sure. It's a whole lot of sure. It seems like a solid trade for the Marlins. Uh, I don't know what this does for Toronto, but um, sure. The next one is an interesting one, and it is the penultimate trade before we get to the biggest one. Uh, The next one is the Yankees trading Joey Gallo to the Los Angeles Dodgers in exchange for pitching prospect Clayton Beater. Um, Clayton Beater becomes, I almost say like the 20-something, 10th. Oh, yeah. Tenth prospect in the Yankees farm system. And Joey Gallo gets a fresh start over in Los Angeles. And, man, I don't know. Have you read any of the Joey Gallo articles that have come out recently with just quotes of how horrible his life seems like it's been? Yeah. Yeah, I have. And honestly, good good on you, Joey. I'm, I'm glad you got out and are, are able to kind of Find some happiness again. It's it sucks, man. It sucks because and we've talked about this the, the past year that he's been here. His approach shouldn't have needed to like have changed in any substantive way. He was a great player before he got here, and for some reason, I don't know, fucking what, man. It's Sunny Gray all over again. They just it just didn't it just didn't click here. I and you just. Who knows why Joey Gallo obviously doesn't like sucking. It's not like he's trying to do anything on purpose here. Um, You know, we're talking about a guy that led the American league in walks the season before he came over to the Yankees um, and then didn't get, didn't get his, he didn't get back. He barely surpassed. I'll put it this way. He barely surpassed his first half walk total in 2021 as a Texas Ranger in the, 140 games he spent in pinstripes. He got 74 walks with just his half a season stats in Texas with the Rangers, 74 walks. And in 140 games with the Yankees, uh, 
the second half of last year and the first half of this year, he got 77. Like just yeah. gone, just gone from a production perspective. Yeah, he he genuinely just died. I, and it's that all over the place. His first half, like he got 25 home runs with the Texas Rangers in 2021. He had 25 home runs with the Yankees since then. You know, like literally his stats just disappeared, man. So rooting for him in Los Angeles. I don't really know what this trade does for L.A. Um, since at this point in time, he's got to be a, a, a Corey Seager, not Corey Seager. Um, uh, who am I thinking of? AJ Pollock. No, Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger. Thank you. Cody Bellinger, carbon copy, right? Left-handed. Pretty, pretty close. That just can't connect. Uh, hits really far, but doesn't really hit all that often. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I do not care. His, his roster spot was worth more than him, which is, again, it's a shame to say. He's such a lovely dude, genuinely, genuinely wishing the best for him. I hope he hits fucking 500 over in Los Angeles with another 10 dingers before the season ends. But um, Great. Joey Gallo seems like a very lovely person. I wish him the best. Truly. Um, I just want to see how many years he has left in his contract. I hope this isn't a walk year for him. Uh, I think so it is. Sad. I think it is, too. It is. it is. Oh, it's the worst. All right. Well, anyway, this goes into the big one. A trade that Core and I had just talked about the possibility of happening. Um, the pre the prior episode, including the possibility of it not happening because of what it would mean to the Nationals organization, and that is the trading of one Juan Soto and first baseman Josh Bell to the Washington oh. National, sorry, to the San Diego Padres in exchange. The Nationals receive from the Padres pitcher Mackenzie Gore, shortstop CJ Abrams, outfield prospect Robert Hassel, outfield prospect James Wood. Uh, pitching prospect Harleen Susanna and DH Luke Voigt um, after Eric Hosmer vetoed his inclusion in the trade. Yeah, before we get to you are such a little bitch, Eric. My God. It's his rights, man. I know it's his rights, but fuck that guy's rights. Um, I just feel bad for Luke. Yeah, like... <laughs> If Luke Voigt doesn't try to punch Eric Hosmer in the face, a la Jock Peterson getting slapped in the outfield, I just, he got done so fucking dirty for no reason. God. Well, hey, uh, no, no, this should be a lesson to the Padres. Don't give players <laughs> no trade clauses that aren't good and don't deserve it. Well, they signed him to a ridiculously long contract when he was still good he was never this good he was never he good had enough three for gold gloves so he used he used to play good defense he used to be able to put balls in play with his bat he was never this bad that was also at a time when the padres had nothing and had to overpay just to get people in the fucking building it was a very different team that signed eric Cosmer. I am aware, but at the same time, the point stands that be wary of to whom you award no trade clauses. It wasn't even like it was a full no trade clause. It was only I like know. a handful of teams. It just so happened. Whatever. It, it is what it is. 
So uh, we got one Soto. Who fucking cares? There's there's a lot to digest and to understand or to try to understand with this trade. Um to the point where man it's it's almost tough to even know where to start. The fact that um uh, just real quick uh Eric Hosmer I lost his name for a second would ultimately end up getting traded to Boston. So uh, we're going to talk about him here as well because that's part of the reason uh, that Josh Bell was included in this deal was Hosmer was still getting off this team. Um so the fact that they could even swap Bell for Hosmer is huge already a huge upgrade for the Padres are off the bat. And if you look at this as like a void for bell straight up, or if you want to throw even one other, the worst prospect on top of that for bell straight up, um, but then it, this trade is fucking insane. If Luke Voigt was the one included from the start, I wouldn't feel nearly as bad because that would just be, okay, he had to be included in this deal to replace Josh Bell. Fine, I can live with that. It's the fact that they were totally fine with getting Hosmer as their first base replacement. And because he vetoed, we lost Voigt for nothing. We still got rid of Hosmer. He's still gone. You will receive zero sympathy. You will receive zero sympathy from anybody on the face of the planet. Oh my oh, god! Oh, we lost Padres. Luke Boyd for nothing, but but Juan Soto. Oh. Oh, my, oh my god! The Yankees fans are giving me shit for not getting every penny back on the dollar. Oh, cry me a river, sir! You don't get to take the moral high ground on this one. Yes, yes, I do. No, you do not. You're taking the low ground. We had to give up Luke Void for nothing. Suck a dick, why, bitch. You got Juan you Soto. Giving, why are you giving me shit for being sad that because we're losing I'm a jealous. player that has value for no reason? We shouldn't have lost him. Eric Hosmer shouldn't still be a make bitch. Out. That's, That's the thing. At the end of the day, the Padres <sighs> still gave up way less than I thought they'd have to give up. I am. I, I really don't think this is that lopsided of a deal for what it's like. I don't think you look at what the nationals got and think, Oh wow. They, they lost out on so much value. Guess what? They lost Juan Soto. That's a huge deal. But if neither of these guys resign, I mean, this is Josh Bell's final year. We have him for the postseason. Juan Soto. We have two and a quarter years of control over. That's fantastic. But we're losing what was essentially our top three prospects coming into this year, our highest upside prospect of the future, and our starting power hitting first baseman. I have no idea who Susana is. Uh, I'm sorry to him. I don't know who you are, guy. But this completely depletes the Padres farm system, which has been held up as the greatest in baseball for however long it's not the greatest in baseball it's up there it's an argument but still this was the Padres entire farm system which is great if we can either find a way to beat the Dodgers find a way to win a world championship or find a way to re-sign Juan Soto none of which are even highly likely or should be expected this is going to be a huge deal and I'm so happy it happened but in three years, we have a chance to look back on this, and it's just the day the Padres' future died. It 
It depends. And because, like you just said, there's a lot of ways this can go. Apparently, from, from some shit I've seen today, the Nationals have been talking to Soto since the winter meetings about working on an extension. And Soto's insistence has been, I'm going to hit free agency. I want to be a free, essentially Mookie Betts, uh, a few, what was it? 2017, I think 2018, maybe it was 28. Doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, which was, he kept turning down uh, extension offers from the Red Sox as he was like, I want to be a free agent. And then he got traded to the Dodgers and they gave him a bunch of money. And he was like, ah, I don't need to be a free agent. Um, if that's the case and there's genuinely nothing you can do, which it seems as though the Nas- that was the Nationals' feeling, then I guess that's the right thing to do. Because the more years of control that he has to not re-sign with you, the more you will get from trading him. Well, you are muted. That is what gets you a completely transformative prospect pool. Right. That being said, the chance of, or the prospective of signing a 10 to 15 year deal in Washington after seeing the group of guys that went in before him, a la Bryce Harper, a la Trey Turner, uh, get turned down for long term massive deals. Anthony Rendon. Anthony Rendon, exactly. And then all of a sudden going to a place like San Diego where you have two otherworldly superstars signed to long-term contracts. Dominican superstars at that. Right. Fellow countrymen. That is a big, big... I imagine that was a huge reason on top of Juan Soto being a Hall of Fame level player why the Padres would go all in on Soto because they could sign him to a long-term deal. They have unlocked this hidden wealth that has come out of nowhere, seemingly. They can sign him to a... They saved a lot of money on the on the uh, Fernando Tatis deal. They can turn around and use some of that savings on Juan Soto. It's like the the slot bonuses or the slot pool for uh, the draft. Um, I will say I, I did see a couple guys pointing out that the Padres were heartbroken with the Max Scherzer sweepstakes at the last trade deadline. But if they had one, they would have nowhere near the amount of prospects needed to sign a guy like Juan Soto or to trade for a guy like Juan Soto. So, um, you know, yeah, all all things work out in the end. Looking at this from the Padres end real quick, if Juan Soto does not sign an extension and becomes a free agent with the team, but you won a World Series. Mm-hmm. Who fucking cares? Yeah. It'll be the first World Series in organization in the organization's history. Yeah. Who fucking cares? I imagine for lifelong San Diego Padres fans, not myself, uh, that would mean more than anything else in the entire world. Um as someone who uh kind of is a carpetbagger who came down to avoid the treachers of the Pittsburgh fandom. Um, I kind of want a team to root for in the long-term future. I would really love to have a a team that contends for the next 14 years with these guys. Um, I know that that is asking for a lot and I am sure 
90% of the population of San Diego would say, no, well, we want the World Series. That's what we're after. Um, and I, I can't take that from them. They I also don't it. think that a team that has Manny Machado on it for another six years, years. more than five, um, and a team that has uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. on it for even longer than that, um, I can't imagine they're going to be bad. Like they're, they're, They can only be so bad and their gm has shown that he will do whatever a lot of cocaine oh right, right, right. to um ensure that they don't become the los angeles angels of anaheim which is um thumb up ass oh and it's broken um so yeah i mean it, it's that age-old question of you know would you trade your next two entire nfl draft classes to win a super bowl today so like if, if you're the Lions, right. in a heartbeat. If you're the Patriots, maybe not. But mm-hmm. if you're the Lions, if you're a Lions fan, and I said you have no draft picks at all for two, three years, but you win the Super Bowl this year, every motherfucker in Detroit is taking that fucking deal. Well, and yeah, because right. their drafts don't right. matter to begin with. But you pick any down on its local yeah. organization and every Jets fan, I take that deal in an instant. You pick any down on their local organization. You, the Toronto Maple Leafs, every mm-hmm. Leafs fan takes that. Oh deal. my God. They would every trade single one of them. They trade if, their fucking grandmothers. If the entirety of their team had to be traded after they won, they would trade it for a Stanley cup. Yeah. And, and they would be right. Yeah. So uh, to that for, effect, so go ahead. For reference, Manny Machado is signed for six years following this season with a player opt out in 2024. Which would be before Juan Soto's. Uh, no, that would be the same year. Yeah, it would be the same. Expires. Yeah. yeah. Hmm, interesting. Now, if Juan Soto only plays in San Diego for the next a couple seasons and does not resign and the Padres do not win the world series. That's a tough pill to swallow. Uh, Juan Soto is under contract through the 2024 season. So he becomes a free agent in 2025. Yes. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, At that point, but at, at the same time, it's like, It's a tough pill to swallow, Mm -hmm. but as the GM of a baseball team, you literally could not have been doing more. I mean, at that point, you just got you just got fucked. What what's coming back? The former number one overall prospect in baseball, or I think it was number two. I don't think I think Wander was blocking him at number one. Regardless, former top three prospect in all of baseball. This season's number four prospect in all of baseball, a guy who was easily next season going to break into the top 10, a guy who was projected on the trajectory he's on to be a top 10 prospect in baseball, another prospect pitcher and a guy who's going to be your now every day starting first baseman and a positive player at that. So it is a mass of talent. We'll see. Yes, it is. The question will forever be, though, will it be worth more than Juan? So- the the best comp 
for at this point in their career is would the Yankees have been better off with Mickey Mantle after his age 23 season or four dudes who seemed pretty promising at the time Mm -hmm. because Mickey Mickey Mantle Mantle went on to become worth what I'm going to, I'm not even gonna look it up. 120 war, something stupid like that. Like the, with no knees, the man didn't even have knees and he was worth 120. I mean, I'm not even remotely worried about the, future accolades of Juan Soto. He will get his. Even if he takes a dip, he will still be a top player in all of baseball. It's just in three years, are we going to look back and say, damn, that was a good attempt to take it while you had that window. It just didn't happen. Or are we going to be able to look back in 10 years and have to jump that far out to decide? I mean, four plus plus prospects Chances are at least two of them are going to hit. There's a good chance all of them hit. There's a decent chance none of them hit. If you don't want one, if you don't sign Juan Soto, there's a good chance none of that matters. If you don't win a World Series, or if you do win a World Series, absolutely none of it matters. There's like six different variables here that we all have to look back on, and we're not going to be able to answer it for a long time. Uh, you see, and that People is where will. I will. That's where I will disagree. Um, this will never be a bad trade for the Padres. It just won't. I'm, not saying, guy, I'm not saying in the moment this no, is no, a bad trade. This is I great. Mean, even, I'm just saying looking back, we will have. It will never have been. It will have 100 out of 100 times been the right trade to do. They will. I, I, I know what you're I'm saying. I'm not saying right. I'm just right saying now. good. It will always you have a guy who has the same or the only comps for how what he has accomplished thus far into his season arch accolades. He shares with some of the greatest players in baseball history, whether he pans out or not. If this trade gets proposed tomorrow, if this of a trade of similar comparison gets proposed five years from now, 10 years from now, every GM on the planet makes the trade, whether he becomes a 100 war inner circle hall of fame player or not. This is not a question of fringe talent or, or, you know, you know 50 war guy who, who, who everyone's agrees was like really, really good. But you know, the other guy, the other two dudes were worth like 40 each. And it's like, ah, was it he, he is so beyond and so young compared to whatever else you could possibly be doing, how the entirety of the value shakes out. Yeah. We won't know for years, years. Mm -hmm. We won't know for 15 years with all reasonableness, if not more, depending on how long this freak of nature's career lasts for, but it will never have been a bad deal for the Padres to make never because of what he is today. I what, do agree. What all I, these guys are today. I completely agree with that. That's the, that's the tough part. Ah, uh, I am so excited to watch tonight's game. I will stay up late just to watch the introduction of I Juan Soto. I hate you. I hate you. I don't care. <laughs> I hate you. I. <sighs> 
it is it is so difficult to continue talking about this without knowing exactly what this is all going to be just for reference because we've done this with all the other ones uh robert hassel the third becomes the top prospect in the nationals organization um mackenzie gore isn't listed as a prospect within the prospect rankings i think yeah, him, him and abrams are active on yeah so both those guys are, are going to be on the team um james wood becomes the number four prospect uh harleen susanna becomes the number eight prospect and luke Voigt also Damn, is a really? player. yeah so so they're number one Damn. four and eight players all three prospects that they receive true prospects as in in their prospect rankings um are within the top 10 and the two guys team. that are active would have been their one and two three guys because they also got a yeah well oh, yeah, i see what you mean yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um Damn. yeah uh, just to, <laughs> from, from the nationals perspective the same way that the padres it's always going to be a good trade for the padres if you know Juan Soto will not sign with you, you gave him a mega contract offer and he said, no, I, I won't be with you. This is a win 100 times out of 100 anyway. Well, that's what's going to be Maybe so like, interesting. 95 out of 100. What's so fucking interesting is going to be what the hell does he sign a contract? What is the contract value he signs for? What With the Padres, if he waits to hit free agency, whatever. Because you got to know, like, okay, because because not that that's going to reflect poorly on the Padres, but it's going to reflect poorly on the Nationals, because if it's uh, like six hundred million dollars, like we were talking about the other day, where it averaged out to like 40 million over 15 years, it's like. That's what we're splitting hairs over eleven million dollars a season, one decent players worth of salary a year is what you lost, maybe 15 years of amazing production for one average to good player. That's DJ LeMayhew makes more than that. You're going to yeah. like, that's one Aaron Hicks. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, 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 whatever he signs for, we're going to have to look at it and be like, all right, well, the Nationals offered him 29.5 a year. He's going to make, fuck, he's going to make 45 a year. He's going to make 50 a year. Do you remember what the... the Nationals couldn't do it? I just, oh, I was going to get mad again. Go ahead. Do you remember what the contract terms were that he was offered? It was 15 years, uh, uh, $440 million. Cause it was just under 30 a season. If they off, if they come out and say, Hey, this season we're offering Juan Soto 15 by 35 for five twenty-five, And they sign him to a contract before he goes to arbitration. I may never go soft again. I really think the Padres need to give him that kind of monster offer before he goes to arbitration because arbitration oh, sure. is only going to hurt their relationship. There is no way that can happen. If, if I'm, if I'm the Padres, maybe you finish out the season just to, just to, right. just to butter him up be like, yeah. like seriously, you know, t- don't let him pay for dinner for the rest of the year. You know, don't let him pay for anything. Hilkers and blow like there's no tomorrow, um, whatever it, it takes, you know, like fucking find his his brother he hasn't seen in thirty years or some shit, you know what I mean? Like like say, go save someone's life. Hell, if he does have a brother, he knows get him a better one. Regard, but like take take the next two months, three months of um, acclimation to to the city of San Diego. 
you know, let Fernando and Machado, who obviously also have a vested interest in keeping him around um, since they have long-term deals, uh, let, let them be like, bro, this is a great place to play baseball. This is a great place to be in your twenties. This is a great place to be Dominican. Like this is a, this is a great place for your future. Look at these fucking houses. We got all that type of shit. Let the season play out world series or not, whatever. And then before the winter meetings or whenever um, free agency officially starts, I forgot what the timeline is on that. Like you said, day one, day one at the gate with the contract. 1000%. Yep. And then, uh, and then San Diego, the, uh, every man in San Diego will digest food more poorly because too much blood will be directed down to the dick. <laughs> San Diego question. will be set without back. Question. Will be set backwards, evolution evolutionarily, because well they'll have their their the <laughs> their appendix will regain purpose. For the incapability of processing meat anymore because blood will have gone elsewhere. Hell yes. Oh, man. Uh, and there's more trades. None of them are more significant than this, but no. more things did happen. Before we move on, is this the biggest trade in your recent memory? This is the biggest trade of our lifetime. Yeah. We have to we have to keep rem- reminding ourselves he's twenty three. Yeah, it's not like when Machado got traded or or any other rental. He's out. Tw- Go ahead. Outside of Babe Ruth, off like just genuinely sitting here and thinking, I I don't know of any trades that would have been bigger. And not with a guy that has more sheer talent, because like you could look at the Ron Howard drop off. Sorry, Ryan Howard. No, Ryan. Ryan. It is Ryan. Okay, I, Ron. Ron's the director, dude. Director. That's why it's in my head. Yeah, you go look at the Ryan Howard drop off and be like, "All right, well, you know, yeah, with some power hitters that only hit for power, if the power goes or if they're suddenly missing the ball more, then they suddenly really quickly become non-valuable players. They become liabilities, uh, which is what happened to a guy like Ryan Howard." Juan Soto's not that. Juan Soto's got a vicious eye. He he has not just power numbers, but he has average numbers. He he has gap to gap ability. He it's not just over the seats or bust. It is everything. He's got skills that would take more to depreciate fully than just not hitting the ball quite as hard. Oh, and he's twenty three and will probably get stronger. So uh, it's just oh, yeah. and he just won the home run derby. Oh, yeah, it, it's tough to think of a guy because there's some significant guys that have left from like other signings, you know, like Albert Pujols going to yeah. this was a really big deal, but that wasn't a trade, you know. I don't, um, uh, maybe a rod going to, to the Rangers. I don't remember what he got back though, like what they got back in return. Um. You know what? Here, quick pause in the show while I find that out. So my memory betrayed me. Uh, Alex Rodriguez was not traded to the, the Rangers. That was a free agency signing. He was traded to the Yankees. Josh uh, is a fake Yankees fan. More like I was um, se- se- seven at the time that this trade, sorry, six at the time that this trade happened. 
Um, but yeah, are you ready for what the return was? Yes. Alfonso Soriano and a player to be named later. I wonder who won that trade. Uh, the player to be named later was Joaquin Arias, Arias, um, who retired in 2015. It doesn't matter. <laughs> was worth throughout his entire career one war. Yeah, it doesn't matter whatsoever. Alfonso Soriano played in Texas for uh, two seasons, and then that was it. He left to go to Washington. Um, God. So. Essentially, just traded him for. That is the worst deal George Bush made since becoming president. Um, meanwhile, Alex Rodriguez, while he had a difficult time at the end of his career in New York, uh, managed to amass with the Yankees. Uh, hold on one second. Let's see how much war. Uh, 54. 54 war. In his 12 seasons with the Yankees. Oh, is that better? Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. It's funny because the Yankees paid him $318 million for 54 wins. Um, the Texas Rangers paid him $66 million for 25.5 wins. And the Mariners paid him $12 million for 38 wins, which means that uh, while the Yankees had the lowest uh, dollars per war per dollar value, um, the Rangers received That's just the Yankees least, baseball. The, Yan- the, the Rangers received the least war of, uh, of all, which um, eh, but still three years is pretty fucking good. Yeah, uh, man. Woof. So yeah, if one oh, sort of surpasses need, we, 54 war, that's gonna we, definitely uh, be trade in tomorrow lifetime. We need to keep moving down this list because I, I I just saw additions to a trade that had happened that are making me upset. All right. Uh Logan Hop. Oh hop. Sorry. Got traded to the Angels in exchange for Brandon Marsh going to the Phillies. I uh You'd say to yourself, oh, are the, the Angels tearing down? That's their starting center fielder. And the answer is pro- uh, no. No. Just felt like being a part of the gang. Uh, any opinions on it? Um, Sorry, I missed it. What, what trade was this? Brandon Marsh. Uh, I would have liked to see Brandon Marsh stick it out in Los Angeles because I, I think he still has potential to give that team. Uh, I don't I don't like this deal for the, the Angels. I like it for Philly. I mean, it fills a, a pretty big role for them and uh, adds just more power to that already powerful lineup. But I think, yeah. I think you have uh, Jared Walsh again. <sighs> I don't th- I, is Brandon Marsh the one having the super down season? Yeah, I think I am. No, I, I'm thinking of the right guy. This is a a future. Hey, this guy's 24 years old. Had a pretty good season at one point last year. Um, yeah, he bat 317 last year. No, he had an on no base power. with 317 last year. Uh, all right, whatever. I don't fucking care anymore. Yeah. Um. Next up. 
the Mets decided to make a trade. That's sure. for sure. Uh, they acquired Darren Ruff from the Giants. Darren Ruff, who's having a, some would say, not great season. Uh, in exchange for third baseman J.D. Davis and then pitching prospects Nick Zwack, Carson Seymour, and Thomas Shaputsky. Um, sure. I'm going to be honest. I, I couldn't think of a trade that makes less sense than this. I don't know what the Mets gain here. Um, they traded for a right-handed bat with a 100 OPS, uh, sorry, 98 OPS plus who's 35 um, and has 11 home runs on the season. And to do it, they traded away J.D. Davis, a right-handed bat with the 95 OPS plus that has uh, four home runs on the season. Um, both of whom are corner infielders slash really just DHs. Uh, they traded... It's like they traded J.D. Davis for point? slightly older J.D. Davis, but also wanted to give away prospects, prospects. in the process. I, yeah. Not, not, none of the guys are sorry. I, I was wrong. Nick Zwack uh, becomes the 29th prospect, best prospect in the Giants farm system. So there's a top 30 guy there. Um, oh, actually, Carson Seymour is 28. So there's two top 30 guys. Boom. Take that. San Francisco um, or whatever. It doesn't make any sense. It's weird. I Sure. Yeah. Uh, we have already spent too much time on this trade. <laughs> David Robertson gets traded to Philadelphia from the Cubs in exchange for Ben Brown. Don't give a shit. Victor Acosta shortstop gets traded to the Reds in exchange for Brandon Drury. Heading back over to San Diego. Yeah. Uh, Corwin Heller, resident San Diego Padres fan. What do you think? Um, he's not going to be a guy that starts for us, but he'll be just another rotational utility player, which the Padres fucking love. We have like four of them. Um, playoff depth. Acosta is a nothing prospect. Drury's having a pretty decent season with a positive OPS plus. So playoff bat. That's all. Yeah, um, Brandon Drury is having himself a, a career year here. Oh, I guess his 2016 campaign's bad. 2019 campaign's better, but uh, 126 OPS plus. He he can play all over the infield. He's played some outfield uh, this season for the Reds. Uh, this gives the Padres lots of flexibility within their uh, infield. So cool. Uh, Sandy Leone gets traded to the twins in exchange for Ian Hamilton in a deal of, Oh, cool. Uh, Jake lamb gets sent to Seattle in exchange for cash considerations from the Dodgers. I didn't realize Jake lamb was on the Dodgers to begin with. I did not either. Oh, I feel like Jake lamb is like, Oh, I imagine he's still that young up and coming first baseman that has some hope to him, but I feel like he, in reality has been around for like four or five seasons. And it's just kind of a blah kind of guy. I, my only memory of Jake lamb specifically was I went to a Yankees diamondbacks game. I want to say it was that the team he was on last year, or maybe it was Holy the white shit. Sox. Holy shit. He's 31 white Sox. Yeah. Huh. White Sox. Yes. No, I, yeah. 
Um, it was a White Sox game, and he was playing right field, and I was sitting in right field, and um, <laughs> to get at him, all the Yankees fans just kept shouting his batting average at him. That's funny. It was really funny. Um, he bat that season by the end of the year, 212, but I will forever remember the day that his batting average was 187 yeah. because the Yankees fans let him know that that shit was 187. Yeah, he's uh he's not been good for a good while. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Hasn't had I guess OPS he's a guy that you plus. can literally just uh, pay for and teams will give him to you. Yeah. Uh, the next one is fucking hilarious. It's it's the so it's myself. one of one of the most exciting trades to discuss in a timeline where there are a lot of fun trades to discuss. Oh yeah. Uh the Kansas City Royals finally traded Whit Merrifield years after they should have um for to to the the Toronto Blue Jays which is uh, hilarious for a, a couple of reasons we'll get into um on the Kansas City Royal side of things they're bad they've been bad why they haven't traded one of the few players that has had value up until what has been the worst season of his major league career. I have no idea. Uh, Whit Merrifield, longtime second baseman for the Royals uh, this season. No pop, six home runs, um, horrible batting average at 240, lowest OPS plus of his career at 81. Um, and and I just I, it's the worst season he's ever had. And what do the what do the Royals think? Perfect time to trade him. Even better, what do the Blue Jays think? Perfect time to trade for him. He's not vaccinated. That's the nothing. He can't play in Toronto. He he's like a platoon split for home <laughs> versus away. What does he do? Hang out what in Buffalo? Fuck? Why would you do? be why would you why would you bid on this guy? I get it's that like you're a, not giving up a lot for him, but like he can't play for you at home. It's like, imagine the Nets didn't have Kyrie Irving, but then traded for him during the season. So just so he couldn't play at home. Like, what does this do for you? Imagine it's the playoffs. You made it. Game you can't seven play at him. home. And you just have a guy sitting on the bench because he refuses. He can't even sit on the bench. No, he he literally can't. He can't be in the country. Uh, Imagine, actually, he might be able to be in the country, but I don't think he I don't can know. play the game. Yeah, know. it's just, it's just. Oh my god! What, what happens? What happens if they make the World Series? It's Game Seven in Toronto, and the Toronto Blue Jays sneak somehow smuggle Whit Merrifield into the stadium, and. They have him play. He's not breaking MLB rules. If they win the World Series with Whit Merrifield as a fugitive, what what would MLB do? They can't take away a World Series game because a guy went out there and performed on the field. I'd, I'd imagine that they just wouldn't let him on the field. But I'm no, saying I if he... No okay. I, yeah, yeah, no, I... What would what would make you feel better if I told you 
that Whit Merrifield's contract expired um, at the end of this season or in three years, or like some three, three to, to three or four, something like that. Three or four. I, would, I guess I would say that because there's a chance that he can either change his mind or that you could trade him. Otherwise, it's just you're giving away prospects for literally nothing. The answer is he has uh, two two more seasons, 2023 and 2024, under control if the Blue Jays decide to keep him. They have to pay him uh, $6.75 million next year and twenty and $18 million in 2024, which would be hilarious. Um, however, oh, there's a club option that includes a $750,000 buyout. So I guess they could just buy him out of his contract for under a million bucks. That seems like a bad part of your contract um the return samad taylor it becomes the royals 23rd best prospect maximo castillo um i it becomes the 13th best prospect in the royals system so uh two top 30 prospects in exchange for the ghost of whit merrifield an unvaccinated player that can't play in your home stadium i just can't I, I can't wait outside of the one soto trade i can't wait to see how this one plays out post like the yankees trading for ben Intendi was kind of annoying because he's not vaccinated and like what happens mm-hmm. if we have to play a playoff series in toronto but like you can also be like yeah but what if we don't have to play a playoff series they in they even the matter. uh they even the playing field oh you don't have a, a starter okay we won't have a starter too the government wants to control your mind brother um, everyone who's not vaccinated is Hulk Hogan in my mind. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> I gotta go make a sex tape, brother. I'm gonna Jesus. come dangerous close to saying the N word, brother. Um, yeah, so the, the Blue Jays followed that up with another trade where they acquired Mitchell White, uh, and Alex the Jesus, yeah, Alex the Jesus, uh, from the Dodgers, eight year old dude, fucking eight year old dude, <laughs> in exchange for. Uh, Nick Frasso and Moises Brito. Corwin, do you know who these people are? It's fake Jesus and fake Moses. What more could you want? Yeah, like I had to type Mitchell White's entire name into baseball reference to find him, which is never usually a good sign when it doesn't autofill. Um, oh, shit. Is that Mitch? He's got, he's 27. And so far I, in 38. 50 games. Uh, that's a one average. 38 games. He has a uh, 3.58 year, right? Yeah, it seems like the 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 Blue Jays are just like, let's just do whatever we can to get there to the playoffs because I have no hope. Uh, after that, the Royals were not done and they acquired outfielder Brent Rooker from the Padres in exchange for Cameron Gallagher. Uh, Corwin, does this mean anything to you? Uh, you basically traded a quadruple A outfielder for a quadruple A catcher. We just traded for a pretty good outfielder, and half of our team can play outfield. So, sure. I don't think this is a guy that makes our starting 25 man roster, but he'll be on the 40 type of deal. Uh, the Angels acquired Tucker Davidson and Jesse Chavez from Atlanta in exchange for Rysel Iglesias as they 
continue the weird partial teardown that they have for this season. I hate that the Angels are selling. I get why they're selling. I get why they're selling. I just hate that they are constantly in this state. Well, at least they get something back from Rysel Iglesias, who has 0.2 war on the season and over four ERA and is 32. Yeah, you're not wrong. I I don't hate the trade. I hate the situation we're in with Uh, that team. Here comes the other part of that. Padres trade that we were talking about earlier where Eric Hosmer gets sent to um, Boston along with Corey Rosier and Max Ferguson and cash considerations in exchange for Jason Groom. So as soon as I saw that we were sending multiple prospects and cash with Eric Hosmer in exchange for just some random prospect, I was like, you have got to be fucking kidding me. Uh, it turns out Jason Groom is now our 11th best prospect which all things considered is a pretty decent spot and only one of the two guys there is a top 30 prospect max ferguson is like 29 or 30 uh so i can't be too upset in the prospect exchange we're actually getting someone of consequence back um i just i don't know i'm glad eric hosmer is going to a place where he will get playing time, but it is a hopeless amount of playing time because he's not going like Boston's not doing anything. No. It is. And honestly, in turn, like looking at this from Boston's perspective, I don't get this. I don't get why you would take a guy like Eric Hosmer on, give up a meaningful prospect in exchange for what they would be getting in return, which is a negative bat and a negative glove. I don't get again. This would make more sense if it was a full teardown for them, because then you'd say, oh, they just need guys to finish out Mm -hmm. the season so that they can don't have to call up prospects that they want to manipulate their service time. Yes. Shitty. But we all know that that's what happens, but they're not doing. So there's no reason to do uh, that. Maybe they're hoping that the short left field wall will give something for Eric to aim for. <laughs> let's uh, let's go to the Yankees now. Well, I want to hear quick, this discussion. Austin Romine gets mm-hmm. traded um, to Cincinnati for cash, which I did realize Austin Romine was still playing MLB baseball until I saw this line and was like, oh, that's so sad. Um, but the next one, Jordan Montgomery gets sent from the Yankees to the Cardinals in exchange for Harrison Bader. And I sigh my entire way through this because what the fuck is this? For both teams, I don't understand. I understand it more for the Cardinals. I don't, I don't get it for the Yankees. I don't understand it for the Yankees. I, go ahead. No, I'll let you finish if you want to. If you you said you had a bunch to say, our our starters has been a point of weakness for us, not just this season, but for years. Our starting pitching has been better this season than it has been in years past. Part of that due to Jordan Montgomery, but also needed now more than ever because with Luis Severino down, Jameson Tyone being very inconsistent, and Nestor Cortez, you just kind of hoping he keeps doing it. It it like Jordan Montgomery literally has the second most innings pitched on the team. I don't 
understand where they expect these innings to be coming from. And yeah, you could you can say that they can supplant those innings with Frankie Montez. That's great. That's a huge risk to take to trade your number two starter in the middle of a playoff push. Who the fuck does that? We're trading a fourth starter? Cool. Fine. You could argue that that J-Mo's really a third starter behind Nestor. He's not by innings pitched, but in terms of quality, you could say it. Sure. Fine. Gotcha. However, point remains. Second most innings on the team. Where do you expect those innings to come from? And that's why I said the Montez trade better work out because it at least needs to be revenue neutral. Because otherwise, what the fuck do the Yankees have to gain out of this other than a fourth outfielder? Tell me your thoughts. I think that this is a purely postseason focused move and not looking at it as an eatings inning situation, but as a what are these guys going to do for us in the postseason situation? I think it's a positive for both teams. The St. Louis Cardinals have no pitching whatsoever. If they are going to the postseason, which there's you know a fair chance they do, Jordan Montgomery is a guy who is going to be starting games for them on a regular basis. If the Yankees are reasonably healthy, the Bear isn't someone that they should have to see more than once or twice uh, in the entire postseason. And being as he is probably the number four starter in the playoff for them, I don't think he is nearly as impactful as a plus defensive center fielder who can still hit the ball. Um, I, I get why you have concerns because Jordan Montgomery is really the only guy on the Yankees outside of Garrett Cole who can just eat up innings. And that's saving a very depleted bullpen that, as you were saying earlier, I think because of the moves the Yankees had made up until this point, it allowed them to make this trade. And I think it's going to be something that in the perspective of a manager in the postseason, this will have more positive impact for the Yankees. So... There's nothing better than Josh contemplating how he's going to attack with his next thoughts. <laughs> viciously. Um, I, I disagree. Because the bullpen is taxed and has a, had a lot of injuries this year. Jonathan Lewisick has been down for a certain portion of the year. Michael King's out for the season. Clay Holmes has had a lot of struggle recently. Or all his Chapman this time this year. Domingo Herman didn't play a good chunk of the year and really shouldn't be on this team in the fucking first place. He shouldn't be in baseball. And all this to say, you need guys who are going to throw you innings. And if you're trying to make the playoffs, good innings, at least serviceable innings. And no amount of defense or, or you know, tertiary value points is really going to be able to come up against innings. And here we could talk about next year, but fuck, man. I want to at least make a World Series at some point soon. 
Like, I don't get why this team, this team has no right to be looking at next year. No fucking right to be looking at next year. They haven't earned looking at next year. And they're clearly not looking at next year. Otherwise, Judge would be extended by now. And so to be sitting on this large pile of talent that they currently have today and have let the trade deadline go by and really not done much. Yes, the Montas trade is, is cool and awesome. I'm so glad he's here. That is the only trade they did really worth a damn. Um, it's disappointing. Like, you'd rather see a Padres for, for Juan Soto deal from this year, a, a Dodgers for Seager and Scherzer deal like they did last year. Some big push which says to the to the league, like, yes, we know we were already good, but we want to win now. We're going to get fucking better. We're going to engage in the arms race. And for the Yankees to not have done that and to actively have made what is not a position of strength for them worse, yeah, I can't wrap my fucking head around it. It doesn't make any sense. I understand that Harrison Bader is a plus defender. I don't think that Judge has been bad in center field this year. According to uh, StatCast, the um, Yankees center fielders have been worth one out above average this year, which, you know what? Fucking fine. It's not. It's league who, average. Who do you have in right field now? Right now, it's, uh, I guess, Matt Carpenter. or uh, Or it would be... Giancarlo Stanton when he's back. I think I'd much rather have a Giancarlo Stanton, Matt Carpenter rotation at DH and have judge move to right than have a judge center field with a Carpenter, Giancarlo Stanton rotation at right field. But again, I, I get there's a whole another layer to that as far as pitching. So that's what I was going to say. Like, I, I would take that as well but not at the expense of Jordan Montgomery. If you take all of the Yankees outfielders combined, they have been worth a combined one out above average. All of them. So, so and do harsh time out there. Marwin, Tim LaCastro, ev- Gallo, everybody. It's been worth one out above average, which again, I don't really give a shit about fucking fine. Who cares? It's not an active, uh, uh, What's what I'm looking for? It's not actually making us worse in any sincere way. So I don't give a shit. Uh, his offense is going to be whatever it is. He's a career average, what, 98 OPS plus? Um, 99. He is a career average hitter. Maybe he'll be better than that. I don't fucking know. But that wasn't exactly something I was looking forward to having to find out and hope for. The current conspiracy theory on Yankees Twitter, which, man, I really, really do kind of believe, is that Brian Cashman had a verbal agreement with the Miami Marlins over Pablo Lopez. It was a a heavily discussed trade target for a lot of teams and might have been leaving the Miami organization at the final hours of the trade deadline and that that trade fell through. It was supposed to be the accompanying move to this trade. Apparently, they were in talks of sending Glaber Torres over to the Marlins in exchange for Pablo Lopez um, to try to shore up the Yankees' rotation, essentially moving on, cool. losing Montgomery and gaining Montas and Lopez. 
and instead it became a one for one, which honestly would have made a lot more sense because yeah. if you had gotten rid of Gleyber Torres, which would hurt, you can say to yourself, well, the Yankees have three different shortstop prospects all in the minors right now who could come up and you could find out if they can be serviceable at second base. Um, you already have a lot of flexibility with the guys that you do have up between um, IKF and where he can play. Not that he can play well, but he can play second base. Uh, DJ LeMahieu, certainly. And you can slot Matt Carpenter back in at first. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's weird, man. It's weird. I don't like it. <laughs> All right. Uh, finishing it out. Let's power through. Mickey Moniak and Hadiel Sanchez went to the Angels in exchange for Noah Syndergaard going to Philadelphia. Um, is the Noah Syndergaard dream dead? Has it not been dead since about 2016? Definitely not since 2016. There was always that hope. Uh, I would say since like 2019, 2020, basically since he left the Mets uh, at the very least or this last season with the Mets, man, it sucks. Uh, he does have a sub four ERA so far this season, so I guess that's something. Yeah, only but 80s. hasn't he only? Yeah, exactly. Like he just hasn't played though. Yeah. So. Holy shit! They got him for nice. nothing too. Wasn't Mickey Moniak a, a pretty hot prospect for them at one point? He was the first overall pick. Yeah. He has negative point six WAR this year. Point negative point nine on his career. One thirty batting average. Negative three OPS plus, Josh. Negative three. I think that's hard. It's better than what I could do, but yeah. His OPS is below uh, Juan Soto's on-base percentage. Yeah. Uh, The Seattle Mariners acquire Kurt Casilli and starting pitcher Matt Boyd from the uh, San Francisco Giants in exchange for Michael Streifeller and Andy Thomas, do you care? No. I did not realize Matt Boyd was with the Giants organization. Matt Boyd, man. Yeah. I remember when he was on the Tigers and he was killing it. Uh, and he was like the Saber Metrics pretty boy. Um, wow, he has nine career war. That's more than I would have thought. Um, but in seven pretty, seasons, which is like, oh, that's yeah. not a lot. And uh, it, it's not like he's had really any good seasons. He has, <laughs> he, one season he has never four year, right? he has never had a good season. Yeah, but I mean, the Giants are trading him for nothing since the he has not played for the Giants this year because he has been hurt. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Tigers acquire Sawyer Gibson in exchange for Michael Fulmer heading over to the twins. Um, he, he was on the tigers, the other M named pitcher. Uh, do you, I don't care. Do you care? Are you muted again? Yeah. I know Fulmer has been a pretty good reliever over the past couple of years. He was a starter for a long time. Yeah. Um, I think he's just listed as a reliever. Cause he, he was, hurt. he was an all-star in 2017. And one rookie of the year in 2016. I remember and the rookie then, of the year because he beat out Gary Sanchez and I was mad. Yeah. And then uh, went 3-12 and 12 in 2018. It's been a reliever ever since. Um, yeah. It, 
it's an if the twins are trying to push, it's a good trade. Are the twins trying to push? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the twins were making more moves for next season. Sure. Well, whatever. Uh, the Mets acquire relief pitcher Michael Givens from the Wait, Chicago the twi- Cubs. The Twins are currently winning their division. Did not realize yes. that. Yes, but I would. I they're not going anywhere. <laughs> I I would also say that a lot of these players have options for next year. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised oh, sure. if the Twins are treating this year as gravy and then just you know. Sure. Anyway, uh, Trevor Rosenthal gets sent to Milwaukee from San Francisco in exchange for Tristan Peters. Uh, sure. Neat. Yeah. Trevor, uh, Rose, Trevor Rosenthal probably still has a couple ounces of gas left in the tank. Not much. Yeah, who cares? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Mathias and Antoine Kelly get sent to the Rangers from Milwaukee in exchange for relief pitcher uh, Matt Bush. Cool. Toronto acquires cash from Pittsburgh in exchange for Jeremy Beasley. And the Oakland A's acquire Carlos Guarate from St. Louis in exchange for Austin Allen. Um, that's it. That's all that happened. So, again, like we said at the top, not a lot happened. A big thing happened. But not a lot happened. Hold on. So, like, we, we had that one really big trade, and then everything yeah. else is kind of like, okay. Yeah. I mean, we breezed through most, and we were probably going to breeze through most trades no matter what, but, like, there wasn't anybody of consequence outside of Soto, and, like, you know, like, Montez being the second biggest name, I think, probably, that got moved in, in his yeah. own independent trade. It means that it was a pretty small trade deadline. Wildly, I think the top, the third name on there is Josh Hader. I think the Padres were kind of the big name throughout. It was weird because the teams that you were that have high end talent that we had speculated maybe tearing down ultimately kind of didn't. That being the Red Sox and the Giants specifically, both teams that are. Could they be in it with the expanded playoffs? Yeah, yeah, they could be. Um, mm-hmm. I I guess, but the Red Sox are last in the division. The Giants are third, but under five hundred. So you'd say to yourself, "All right, well, they could probably just let some guys go." Um, with the expanded playoffs, it, it it's good because more teams are going. I guess it makes for a less exciting playoff deadline or trade deadline because again, just not as many guys moving. Um. Yeah, the the non moves from some teams like Cleveland didn't really do anything. You know, Chicago didn't really like the the fringe teams didn't seem to make any big mm-hmm. pushes like you would expect at, in a, in a more typical season. Um, yeah, there there was no, I guess, obvious trade bait that ended up getting really taken up of of, of big name players. You know, like we had talked about. If the Red Sox were to move on from Rafi Devers, what would that look like? And you know, that didn't end up going anywhere. Um, yeah, just uh, yeah. a whole lot of not much. I think a lot of it had to do with because 
all of the air in the room was sucked up into the Juan Soto trade. I don't think it gave the teams that were in the running, who were also probably the front runners for any other trades for major players, room to work around other trades. I wonder if it's also so many players have gotten condensed down onto major teams in the past yeah. few years that like, yeah. but I mean, like, look at, look at, look at the Dodgers lineup right now. It's almost exclusively dudes that they have acquired at trade lines from other teams mm-hmm. or in, you know, free agency who, who were stars of other organizations somehow, somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, Austin Riley of the huge contract. Yeah. What'd you say? I was just talking out loud. Huge contract. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, Austin Riley of the Atlanta Braves signed a nice big extension. Um, however, it is still a very what we've seen from the Braves type of extension, which has the man quite underpaid. Um, so it'll be an average annual salary of twenty one point two million dollars as he will be locked up through the 2033 season, um, his age 36 season. Um, and granted, sure, Austin Riley could see some sincere regression in the next 10 years, as any player could. But for a man with his regular playing time since 2021 being uh, a 134 OPS plus and a 160 OPS plus this year, finished seventh in MVP voting last year and likely will finish higher than that this year. Um, just between the last two seasons, he's been worth 4.8 war each year. So, um, yeah, uh, for OWAR, I should say, each year. he's He's been fantastic. Uh yeah, he um, he's about to be severely underpaid in about a few years, if not already. I genuinely don't understand how the Braves don't have a Dodgers-like roster with their ability to both develop players and sign them to utterly disgusting financial deals. That's the part like, I can't figure out. <laughs> What do you do? Like, you clearly are a very successful team. You know how to run a business well. You clearly must be making insane money from all of these, you know, successful seasons you have back to back to back to back to back. How are you not, how are you not buying crazy players at will? Apparently, this was the biggest contract ever given out by, by Atlanta, which is so like, all right, nice that it went to a homegrown player. That's all well and good. How do you not have more money to give out to all-star players in free agency then? Maybe that's the contracts. Maybe that's the whole shtick, like them claiming that they don't have money to give their homegrown talent is how they get them to sign these contracts. So by giving it out to free agents, they would know, oh, they do have the ability to sign that. Uh, Maybe it's all just a con. I don't know. At this point, the only rational explanation is that um, Atlanta uh, hires hitmen to point guns at these people's families. I mean, it must be. Because, I mean, this shit just doesn't make any fucking sense. Uh, top three highest paid players on Atlanta this season. Go. Um, 
Jesus. Um, is Charlie Morton still there? Shockingly, yes. I completely forgot about him. Um, Charlie Morton would be one. I would say, despite the contracts, I bet. Um, oh, fucking uh, Ronald Acuna's up there by Number half four. the not top three. Uh shit. So I'm not gonna That's get how little else. he's paid. Uh Matt Olson. Not top three. He's number five. Oh my god. I don't know. You're never you're never gonna get these two. Uh, I don't know. Are they pitchers? One's a pitcher, one's a DH. Oh shit. Who's DHing for them? I don't even know. Light on me. The other two are Kenley Jansen Holy and Marcel, shit. Marcel Ozuna. Oh, my God. Those are the, the guys salary, you signed? The salary of these three people, Charlie Morton, $20 million, Kenley Jansen and Marcel Ozuna, 16 each. <sighs> Acuna and Olsen, whom you mentioned, 15 each. Damn, dude, what are they doing with their money? Then you have Dansby Swanson making 10, and then everyone else on the roster makes less than 10. Everyone. They have no payroll. And yet, because the league is so fucked, they have the ninth highest payroll in baseball. (laughs) It's silly, dude. It's fucking silly. Makes no sense. I don't know where the payroll is hiding. Arbitration. I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Oh, but yeah, man, that is it. That is all the trades. Um, Biggest winner, biggest loser. Lay it on me. Uh, Biggest winner is the San Diego Padres. Biggest loser. Man, uh, maybe the Mets because they had the money and, and ability to do something and they did nothing. Maybe the Red Sox because they're slowly drowning. Um, the Dodgers because they let themselves get outbid by the Padres. I don't know. There's no clear loser, which I guess is a good thing. Yeah, I would say uh, winner, definitely the Padres. Tough to walk away with Juan Soto would not be the winner. Uh, loser, I would say, is the Red Sox or the, the Blue Jays. Um, <laughs> the Blue Jays getting with Merrifield. That's well, the Blue Jays for the second trade deadline <laughs> in a row overpaying on prospects. And it's like, look, I'm usually not a big overpaying on prospects guy because what are the prospects going to turn into best case scenario, right? But like the guys they're they're acquiring, it's like you're gonna give up prospects for for Whit Merrifield for mid thirties Whit Merrifield who can't play in your stadium. I, I just I just don't get it. They're not getting appreciably better, which is the problem with these trades. They're giving away some I don't want to say tippy top, but like good prospects from their system to accomplish not much. Um, so anyway, uh, we will close on, on this. Vince Scully 
longtime broadcaster for the Los Angeles Dodgers, for the Brooklyn Dodgers, and then the Los Angeles Dodgers as the team moved away, passed yesterday as a recording of this um, Tuesday evening, August 2nd. Um, he was one of the storied voices of baseball for his 63-year-long career. Um he was a legend for uh, the way in which he discussed the game as it was happening, the poetry he brought to what is otherwise a rather dull sport as a fan of it. It is not the world's most exciting sport. He did it solo, which having recorded 45 minutes of this podcast by myself in the past, uh, fuck, Oops. that's hard. Uh, and he was a Mr. Rogers like figure in the world of baseball. Uh, just a very warm, very compassionate guy who helped a lot of people getting their starts in the sport um, was always the right man for the right moment. Uh, there's very few people that could handle with such grace as he did, not just the monumental task of, of a large market organization, but also the beginning of the career of Jackie Robinson, breaking the color barrier of yeah. Henry Aaron, um, taking the home run record, which he was the commentator for that game. If you watch that clip, that is, that's Vince Scully. The Mets winning the 86 World Series. He's the guy that called the Bill Buckner through the legs play. Um, he's one of the guys that was the uh, champion of the thought of, in big moments, shut the fuck up. In, in, in big moments, let the crowd. Which we love. The information for how exciting the moment is and those yeah. things that we can now point to as being some, some rather standard broadcasting practices being born about because of Vince Scully. Um, he was a, a hall of fame member. Uh, I, despite his age where it, it becomes a little bit easier to say, uh, you know, these things happen. He will be missed. Absolutely. I uh, I guess we'll we will close there. There's uh, more going on in the world of sports, as there always is, but we will have to tackle that another day. Uh, if in the meantime, if you'd like to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at Juicing Pod. If you'd like to follow myself on Twitter, you can do so at Joshua D. Tracy. If you'd like to follow Corwin on Twitter, you can do so at Corwin Heller. If you'd like to send emails to the show, you can do so at juice the numbers at gmail.com. And until Monday, y'all have a good one. Bye.